Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another crossover of the Hogwatch. Ring the bell from the Believe in Network with Nick Kreider and former San Diego Padre Heath Bell. Gentlemen, it's been a little bit, but how have we been lately? Happy holidays. Well, my holidays were pretty good, just hanging with the family and stuff like that. But um, it's exciting to see the Padres do a lot of things this offseason. So, yeah. Fun. Santa Preller over here uh, got us uh, a couple of things from our uh, our wish list. Xander Bogarts, Matt Carpenter, Seth Lugo. Some nice toys to play with now. Hopefully, we get one more pitcher. Just a few, just 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 a little bit of toys. I it, it's crazy because I was talking to a buddy about this. We we're so spoiled with guys like Tatis Soto Machado. I think the Xander Bogart signing went just a little bit under the radar of like I don't think we realized how freaking good this guy is just an, an absolute hit machine i mean let, let, let's start with that uh what are you guys thoughts on just that that pickup does the does the length of the years the money concern you whenever people say that i say it's not our money enjoy the ride it doesn't concern me whatsoever i mean i think time and time again he's proven that he's one of the if not the best contact hitter in baseball i mean he's always vying for a batting title in the al which has always been harder to hit in and he's been doing it at a high level in very competitive leagues. And, you know, he's been to a World Series, you know, and I, I think getting that proven success is going to be huge for us. And look, 11 years, 10 years, it doesn't matter, right? The window's right now. Do whatever you need to do right now to get the job done. And, you know, if anything, it's insurance if Manny Machado does opt out and, in fact, sign with another team. I think it was a great thing because, um, Last spring training, we had a bunch of first basements. This year, we have a bunch of shortstops on our team. Um, everybody on the infield played shortstop at one time, except for our catchers. Um, we also have a mature shortstop as Tatis, maybe, and I hopefully he feels good in the outfield. And, you know, we need his bat there. And, you know, he, he could be a, a future Hall of Fame outfield, you know, first baseman uh, or – you know, it just shortstop. He made some errors and stuff like that, but I think um, so solidifies our our infield really well. So it's uh, it's one of those things, you know. And hopefully, you know, Machado doesn't opt out. I I think after signing everybody, I don't think Machado wants to go anywhere. Yeah, and I think if you I think if you look at the rest of the contracts really quickly, like I think we got the best deal, right? Two eighty five, eleven years. You know, it's about twenty five thousand twenty five million dollars a year. You're looking at the whole debacle that's going on with the career contract. First, he's with the Giants. Then he's with the Mets. It's still not official yet. You know, I mean, it seems like we got a pretty good deal here. And the Dansby Swanson deal, of course, with Chicago. Um, you know, our, our Chicago Cubs now got Eric Hosmer that we're paying for his contract over there, which is still mind-boggling <laughs> to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you, Heath. 
But it, here's yeah. the thing. This year's the year to win because we have Soto. He's a free agent after this year. So this is the year that we really need to put all the chips on the table and, and go for it. Yeah, and I, I think Xander Bogart's what excites me more. So it, it, it's maybe the on-field production, but it's who he is in the clubhouse. And from everyone to see, that's why Red Sox fans were so pissed to see him walk. Everyone said he's the most professional leader that they've ever had. It's a guy that, you know, the 2021 Padres were well documented for their kind of clubhouse issues. So I think ever since that, we've seen Preller and company really, you know, infuse this clubhouse with guys, not only who are great people, but guys who have proven winners in October and early November. So that's why I'm super excited about Xander Bogarts. And I hear a lot of arguments saying, oh, the defense his, his defense is actually, he had his best defensive career last year in terms of outs above average at positive five. He actually was a really, really strong defender last year. And if Xander Bogarts is considered the weak link in your infield, I mean, you, you, you're, you're doing way you're doing well defensively i, I had a video on Definitely. some reasons why i was excited last night and the defensive infield of the Padres, man it is just loaded it's loaded well, well just think the sandy the petco park is a lot nicer field than fenway so if he can have a great year playing defense in fenway now you come to a really nice ballpark where, the, where i mean a really nice infield so i i see his airs you know his his defense going on the up upswing instead of you know, going on the downswing. So I want to Heath, I, I, you brought it up earlier and I want to get you and Nick's take on this guys with the whole Manny Machado thing. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of reports. So Rafael Devers signed a big extension yesterday. It was 10 years over $300 million. Correct me if I'm wrong. And you know, a lot of, there's a lot of debate with Manny Machado who's age 30 going into his age 31 season. He can opt out after this year and seeing all the money that's been on the market. A lot of people are going to say Machado's going to opt out and he's going to want another 10 year deal. I mean, how, how do you feel about something like that? Obviously, Machado is the captain of this team. He's he's worn San Diego on his chest. He's the heart and soul. But th does it alarm you a little bit, Nick? I want to start with you on on giving Machado another ten year deal. Would it be going into his age thirty two season after the end of next season? Yeah, I wouldn't say it alarms me necessarily because we we negotiated this contract when we first signed him, knowing that this was going to be the case. That's that's the point of the opt out, right? Um, the player option for him, and look, that's that means that he's playing well. And that's the best that we could have hoped for. So if it's a restructure where we're giving him, you know, a higher, um, you know, ABV, like to give him more money each year, then I'm cool with that. And at the end of the day, like if it's a 10 year extension, I'm not sure if that's going to be the case, but if it is a 10 year extension, then look, he's playing to 42 with the Padres and you see guys, you know, move into a, a lesser role where they're just maybe DHing for the rest of their career and still being productive. I mean, you look at Nelson Cruz, he was very productive and he's still in his forties. So it doesn't necessarily scare me because at the end of the day, I'm ready to win in this window right here. These next five years are going to be crucial. We'll reassess, you know, 10 years down the road when we have to, but yeah. that's a long time away. We might even be around for 10 more years. I mean, the way that this, this earth is going, like you never know. <laughs> <laughs> so with Manny Machado, this is the way I look at it. If the Padres do really well this year, why would he go anywhere? So he might want to say, hey, I want, you know, basically he's making 30 million a year. You know, um, what is it? Six, six more years, I think it is. Yeah, six more years, but he can opt out after this year. But what I'm saying is, what if he just goes, hey, I want to be here for 10 more years. I want to be here until I'm, you know, 42 or 40 or, you know, a couple more years, more than six but we'll keep the 30 years every single 30 million every single year. So therefore when he's in his late thirties, like Cruz or in his early forties, he becomes our DH because now the national league has the DH. So I don't see Machado going anywhere. I just see him like, Hey, I want to finish my career here. 
I want to be a part of the San Diego Padres legacy. And I think he'll get the same amount of money, but just tack on more years. So that's what I think really is going to happen. The way Machado's acted and talked in the clubhouse and everything like that, I think he wants to stay here because he's comfortable. He likes the team. He sees the future. He sees everything that is going in the right direction. And he just wants a couple more years on the contract. So therefore, when he's, what is it, 35, 36, he doesn't have to restructure a contract or become a free agent then. So play in San Diego for the rest of his career. And I think, I mean, it's, I think it's a good possibility, especially since the national league has um, the DH now. Does Machado finish his career in San Diego? That's a good question. I would go to betonline.ag, submit your pick right now. If Machado, I'm going to go minus 400. That, that, that's my guess. I obviously think Machado ends his career in San Diego. Guys, shout out to our main sponsor, betonline.ag. Go over there, use promo code BELIEVE for 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online where the game start. I'm bullish on Machado. I think they're going to figure it out. I think our ownership is way too, uh, they, they, their desire to win is so strong. Mm-hmm. They're going to do whatever it takes, Peter Seidler and company, to bring Manny Machado and, and figure it out and, and keep him in San Diego. So, guys, I look at this year, and I'm. Uh, 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 it's obviously going to be one of the most exciting teams in the history of this franchise, and I think a lot of people are arguing that this Padre team can break the franchise record in wins, which was 98 wins, I believe, back in 1998. So, you know, what are the positives? Obviously, this uh, this offense is loaded. They were able to add some depth, you know, with Matt Carpenter, and I want to talk about that signing in a little bit. But I first want to talk about this this rotation, which is still a little bit concerning for me. We obviously have those core three guys in Darvish, Musgrove, and Snell. They added guys like Lugo, Reese. Martinez you know where do you guys see this rotation occurring right now there's not a lot of depth they don't have a lot of legitimate horses outside of those three guys who can take a lot of innings is your give me from one to ten ten being very high one being not a law where's your concern level with how this rotation stands right now in the beginning of January Um, my concern I've I've, for a long time I've always said we need pitching and uh, my concern is I'm probably at a six and a half maybe seven being really concerned. Um, we, oh, you need three horses in your um, staff, but my concern is what if somebody gets hurt, then you kind of get knocked down. Do we have any depth in the, in the farm system and stuff like that? And to juggle guys from starting to going to the bullpen back and forth, that takes a toll on guys. I mean, the playoffs, it looked great. Nick was amazing and looked great, but to do it for a whole season, for a whole six months, going back and forth, we kind of need to boost or at least have some horses in the minor leagues that can give us a few games here and there. So um, it's, it's, I'm a, that's the only part that I'm kind of worried about just because those guys are horses and, you know, the, the guy that, you know, I'm, what am I trying to say here? So basically if you pitch a lot of games or a lot of innings for multiple years, it starts racking up on you and it starts taking a toll and our guys are horses, but, you know, do they have another good season in where they can just tack on a bunch of, especially, you know, a bunch of innings after we went to the playoffs and every inning was stressful. So we, I do believe we need another pitcher out there or somebody in the minor leagues and AAA to kind of step up and be that unsung hero that nobody even really saw coming. So hopefully down there in um, El Paso, there's some guys that are like itching for the spot in case they need to. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I'm about a at about a five, about a five or a six in terms of concern because 
Look, the three guys are great. You know, we have more pitching than than half the league, in my opinion. And to compete, you do need to have those guys to be locked down because that was definitely, you know, the biggest weakness in the playoffs for us. We got shelled against the Phillies, and we could only roll out Joe and you and Snell's every so often. So you need the depth. But I'm looking to see if there's guys who are young that could step it up because that's our future, like Weathers, maybe Jay Groom, who we did get in exchange for Eric Cosmer from Boston, right? That's maybe the one shining light on that trade. Um, you know, Reese Kinnear's made some starts here and there. Maybe he's it's his time to really take a bigger role with the with the club. Um, or even just add one more piece out of free agency and in the innings eater, you know, someone like Johnny Cueto that we've mentioned. Um, you know, I wasn't really high on going out and getting a guy like Carlos Rodon. Uh, yes, I was interested in getting Senga from Japan, but that's also someone that you don't 100% know how they're going to translate to Major League Baseball coming over from Japan. So I think it's one of those things where you reassess towards the deadline or or midway through the season and see how well your rotation's been playing, you know, if we really need to make a significant move and what we're willing to spend. Because we do have the prospects to go out and get someone. Jackson Merrill's definitely someone that I think we can go after Burns going to be that guy that we go after? Not 100% sure. So we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, I think, you know, someone like Johnny Cueto could be a really interesting potential pickup for the Padres. It, it, it really is interesting. I don't know because they need a guy. And I'm not asking, and we've talked about this, I'm not asking for a guy who's going to absolutely shove and be elite. We just need a guy who can eat innings and give this offense a chance to win uh, every five days. And I think when you look at Cueto's 2021, it, it was really strong. It was superior and it was really good. Nice bounce back year. I think we'll get Nick back shortly, Heath. But yeah, I don't know. I, I thought Cueto had a nice bounce back year. A lot of people said he was washed. He goes back to Chicago and has a big time year for the White Sox. So, you know, is it going to happen free agency wise? I don't know. What I do know is that this offense and this team, they're six, seven million dollars away from entering that second luxury tax threshold. So they're going to be taxed even harder. Do you get that feeling that ownership doesn't even care at this point if they're 90 percent in? Let's just go all in. Or do you think they're still being financially cognizant? Because we've never seen a team in San Diego spend like this. Heath. You know that for sure. Yeah, I, I love these owners. I think they're very cautious of everything, but also going, hey, this is our year. This is, we have to spend this year. Maybe we, you know, eat, eat, eat the money later on 10 years, you know, five, six years down the road, but it's really exciting to see. And that's why I was talking about, you know, like weathers and guys in the minor leagues, you got to step it up. You can't just be like, Hey, I was in the big leagues. You have to be, I won't like say weathers. You have to be the number one guy. You have to yeah. go. I want to be the number one guy who cares about prospects and this and that. If you're in the minor leagues, you want to be, I want to be the best pitcher and best starter. You know, I'm going to beat out Darvish. I want to beat out everybody, you know? So it's, you got to have that mentality going into spring training. Now, if they don't use you right away, that's fine, but keep that mentality. Don't just be happy to get there or, Hey, I want to, I want to be a starter in the big leagues and don't be happy just going to the bullpen, you know, go out, do your job. But like, in your mind, I'm going to start either. It's going to be this year, the end of the year, next year, but you, you can't just be happy with that. There's too many guys in the, in the Padres past starters have got up just happy. They want to get quality starts. They just want to pitch a few innings. Interesting and point. Forget about the wins. No, go out there and win. You know, you want to win. I'd rather have a guy with a four ERA that averages five, six innings and our offense scores six, seven runs and they have 15 wins. Then a guy that goes out there and, you know, is maybe like six and six, you know, has a bunch of quality starts, 
no, we need wins. And yeah. I just think in the minor league, especially when I was in the minor leagues, I wasn't a prospect and or anything like that, where I wanted to be the next closer. I wanted to be the next, you know, Trevor Hoffman, or I was with the Mets at the time. It was John Franco or, you know, um, whoever it was, you know, I looked at these guys growing up. It was uh, Troy Percival. I wanted to be sure. the best that of that. So be the next Jake Peavy, be the next, you know, Max Scherzer, go out there and just be a stud and, and that's where I think the Padres minor league system, maybe they just need the little mental check. Like, yeah, you're good, but why not be great? Stop being good and go be great. So that's why, you know, I'm really believe that there's going to be somebody in the minor leagues that we're not even talking about. I mean, we could, yeah, you're bullish on the minors. You're bullish on the minors. That somebody that nobody is talking about, not a prospect, this and that. And AJ to realize this guy's probably wasn't even on the, you know, we cut, you know, roster, we call it the rooster, you know, you're not even on the rooster. Nobody sees you're a suspect, not a prospect. <laughs> and you're just dominating as a starter in triple A AAA or double A. Let's bring him up. If he's hot, bring him up. And let's see if he can do it in the big leagues, because there's a lot of guys that are, have good and great major league careers that weren't top draft picks, weren't top prospects. And they came up and they just shined. And it's just one of those things that you got to look at the person on the inside and also outside. And like I said, if the, any of the Padre Meyer leaguers or any Meyer leaguers are listening to this right now, don't be good. Go out there and be great. Be the next so-and-so, the next Nolan Ryan, the next Max Scherzer, whoever, Verlander, whoever you want to be, Jake Peavy. Be the next great pitcher, starter for the Padres. And I really believe this year there's going to be somebody that we're not talking about that's going to step up and pitch great for us you know especially just knowing that there is an opportunity where this team needs an arm on a world series team i think that should motivate and entice younger talent even more right it's not like a situation where this team is going to win 60 something games there this is a hundred plus win potential team and i think that they really want to see the padres really want to see a young arm go and and, then make some shine and make some moves so i couldn't agree more and i think it's really exciting and i really hope that we're able to find somebody in in, in the minor leagues who can kind of help and, and and get some you know innings you know for this team heath i want to get your opinion so the Padres signed Matt Carpenter this was a a lot of people were excited about Matt Carpenter this is a guy who had a tough three years of his career from 2019 to 2021 he there was a big article that came out talking about how he revamped his swing and next thing you know even though it was only in limited at bats 125 plate appearances had a monster year with the Yankees last year basically was hitting a home run every six seven eight B's had awesome splits from the you know against lefties and righties his slug just popped so a lot of people there's two there's two camps here was it a was it fool's gold was it a flash in the pan or were the adjustments he made very big well I do love the contract they gave him it was a very incentive-based contract if you're available you're going to get paid give me your initial thoughts on the Matt Carpenter deal going to play first base going to DH I like it I want to hear your thoughts I like Matt Carpenter. I like he's a professional hitter, but let's not be fooled where Yankee Stadium, the ball kind of flies out. Petco, the ball doesn't fly out. So this is, the power numbers might go down a little bit, but I see him as a professional. I'm going to play three, three, maybe four times a week and get a few hits every time I go up there instead of going out there. Hey, man, he's got to go four, four. He needs, you know, he's hot right now. Let's play him every single day. No, he's going to be a utility guy. He's going to be that guy that's going to play every three or four days, get some base hits, you know, occasionally show some power when he goes on the road and this and that. But I just don't think, as the fans, don't get fooled that 
Yankee Stadium, the ball does fly. Kind of, it's kind of like you know playing at Fenway or some other small ballpark where the ball flies. When you go to San Diego and LA, big ballparks, and in San Francisco, the ball, you know, the wind blows in a lot. So it, it's one of those things. I think he's the way his swing looks now. The last year slash two is a lot better than it was a few years ago. So I see him as being that guy that playing three times a week and doing really well for us. I just don't see him as an everyday guy. He might play some every day, but it's just one of those things that, you know, just remember the home runs aren't going to be there. It's not going to be every, you know, nine, 10 bats, but that's where I just think sometimes as the fans, let's be more realistic in a way, but I like his approach. And as a pitcher watching guys approach and his swing just looks more professional instead of like, you know, a lot of guys are drop and drive that launch angle. I got to hit for power. So mm-hmm. the, in that case, pitchers, there's a lot of holes in that in that batting zone right there where watching him a little bit this uh, past offseason, kind of remembering a little bit, his holes were a lot smaller because he was more of a professional hitter just trying to hit backspin and try to hit the ball hard. Kind of remind me of David Justice a lot. So where he was just trying to hit the ball hard and square it up and not just always hit home runs. So it's nice to see somebody having a good professional swing instead of, you know, drop and drive like a lot of guys nowadays. Yeah, no, I I, I love that response. I, I think a, a lot of us immediately were super pumped on Matt Carpenter because we saw that insane slug in New York. And I think you're right. We have to temper our expectations. We're not bringing him in. We don't expect him to hit 40 bombs, but, you know, expect him to give quality at bats. And, and at the end of the day, Heath, we needed some depth in this lineup because everyone's going to talk about the core four, right? To T. Soto, Machado, Bogarts. But outside of that, throw, you know, we'll throw in Jake Cronenworth too because he's been awesome. There wasn't a lot of bottom of the order excitement. There wasn't a lot of depth in this lineup. And I think the Padres really had to address that. And I think having someone like Matt Carpenter sliding everybody down a notch adds a little bit more of depth into, into that bottom half because, you know, you're hoping that Grisham can bounce back. You're hoping that Nola can, can be who he was more in the postseason. You're hoping that Hassan Kim, that was in a fluke against high velocity righties like but but they needed to add insurance and they needed to make sure that those guys could move a little bit you know at, 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 in the bottom of their order so i guess we'll find out but nick i know you're back we were just talking Third about matt carpenter <laughs> yeah we were talking about matt carpenter and that signing man so I, I wanted to hear your thoughts i know heath was kind of smart in telling people to temper your expectations we're probably not going to get the matt carpenter that we got in new york because that was absurd right. but what are your thoughts on that yeah, I mean, you're not going to get the Matt Carpenter from New York because everyone succeeds in New York, right? If you, you look at the spray chart, like, you know, most most of Aaron Judge's home runs, you know, some of them don't count other than Yankee Stadium. So yeah. I think yeah. if you looked at Matt Carpenter's, I think they, they also showed that he would still have home runs in the other stadiums as well. But, you know, he didn't have a full workload. You know, he was used uh, sparingly. I don't think we're going to also give him, you know, 160 games, 150 games. He'll probably get, you know, 100 120 games this season, which I'm cool yeah, that's with. What Heath was saying. You know, yep. I definitely want to, I definitely want to see him, you know, hit against righties and just to be kind of a, a, a little thumper in the middle of the lineup. I'm not expecting too much, but look, he's a great locker room guy. You know, he's a guy who works out Trent Grisham in the off season as well. So mm-hmm. if anyone can get something out of him, you know, maybe it's Matt Carpenter bringing an old pal, you know, on the team. Um, a guy with just great playoff experience being in, in St. Louis for so many years. So I really like the addition and uh, you know, it's someone that we've not necessarily had on a roster before, right? Like we, we always go after these DHs that just hit for power, hit for power, hit for power, mm-hmm. like Luke Voigt, mm-hmm. you know, and, and of course uh, guys like that, but 
Matt is a guy who consistently hits for contact as well. And I think that he's going to be a guy who can just set the table, you know, regardless of where he is in the lineup. And, you know, he could play first base every now and then and outfield every now and then. So I, I don't mind the versatility there. Yeah, no, it's it. I think that's a great pickup. I know a lot of people were saying they should have got Jose Abreu, but when you're looking at the money that some of these guys got from a con- contractual perspective, Abreu is almost 40 years old and he got a three year, 60 plus million dollar deal. I think Matt Carpenter was a great bang for your buck kind of signing. And I love how Preller's creative with this contracts, making it yeah. incentive based. You know, if he has this amount of plate appearances, we're going to bump him up another 500K and things like that because Matt Carpenter has had some injury problems in the past. So it's rewarding availability. So I think Preller and company were very smart you know on, on that deal listen I, guys i think from an offensive perspective the infield's great i do think we're still lacking outfield depth you know we only really have three outfielders and one of those guys and arguably tatis isn't even supposedly an outfielder right now jose azokar is your fourth outfielder and i don't know how padre fans feel about that obviously we love the zokar you know in his stint but i think they're looking for a little bit more of an upgrade from their bench i think i would say the one knock on this padre team is that they don't have a lot of depth and i think you know yeah. what's very important is you have to be able to withstand injuries. In 2021, we had a few injuries to our rotation, and Jake Arrieta and Vince Velasquez were yeah. taking the ball every fifth day. Just all due respect to those guys at the tail end of their career. So this team needs to start filling in these holes because think about if one of those three guys in the rotation go down. Think about if one of those outfielders goes down. Uh-oh, it's not going to be all dandelions and butterflies anymore in San Diego. Right. Yeah, no, that was what I was going to say as I was cutting in and out of the Wi-Fi. You know, we don't want another 2021 because that just derailed our entire season. Once injuries started to catch up with us, you had to go take guys who weren't part of the clubhouse that were already struggling in their own careers and they were trying to figure it out with us and it just didn't work. Uh, we need depth 100%. And, you know, you're going to look to AAA. I think I heard a little bit of, of he saying, you know, hopefully there's a guy that we haven't even heard of that comes up and just you know, does oh. wonders for us. But I mean, we signed David Brandon Dixon, baby. Yeah, we signed David Dahl to a minor league contract. You know, maybe he he plays well and he gets some some reps. I mean, last year you looked at Nomar Rosara, you looked at Trace Thompson, and I don't think Trace really got the 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 full um, you know good shot that he he could have had because he went and played for Los Angeles. Great. I don't know what it is about guys who move over from San Diego to another team where they just explode. But you know, David Dahl could be a guy that you know might turn some heads if he plays well in spring or if he has a good start to AAA. Maybe he's our, our guy that we rotate in and out the outfield. Heath, I got a question for you. I got a question for you, Heath. I, so talk to me about like all the, the the good teams you've been on in your playing career. Was there what was the was there one common trait that they all shared? I'm just trying to help our viewers understand, you know, what what goes into being a successful team outside of talent. Um, the the best teams I've ever been a part of. No, really, you weren't selfish. Like you just wanted to win. If you didn't get the big hit that night you believe somebody else did. And when somebody like your teammate got the big hit and you didn't or pitched the big inning, you were excited for them. Mm-hmm. You didn't care about your own personal stats. You didn't care about my, I'm going to have a contract this year or how much money I'm going to make next year. It was about let's win tonight. Let's not, Hey, let's win a hundred games. It's let's win tonight. Then tomorrow let's win tonight. That's all they cared about. And it was, it, Hey, if I come up to bat, and I need to bunt or get a guy over, or I got to hit and run. That's fine. If I'm in there, Hey, I got to pitch the seventh inning and just get this one guy out. And I haven't pitched in, or like the last couple of games, I'm only pitching to one guy. I mean, it's kind of changed a little bit with the rules, but just embrace your role. You know, if you're an eighth inning guy and they moved you to six inning because we need you there. Okay. That's fine. Not be like, Hey, I want holds. I, I want 
I want saves. I want this. It's everybody's fighting for the same thing. And all it is, is let's win today. And we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. And those were the best teams where nobody, nobody cared who came up big that night. Nobody cared who was starting that night because everybody felt like they were the best player up to bat and the best pitcher. We were, we had our ACE every single day, even though maybe he was our fifth starter. We bring a guy up. It's like, Hey, let's win for this young guy, you know, as a starter, you know, it was all about, let's do everything we possibly can. And I wanted to say back, if we do have some injury, let's just remember play a little small ball. Nobody really does that anymore, but if we have some injury and we have our power guys, let's not look for a bunch of base hits, you know, bunt the guy over, hit and run, make some steals, this and that. So it's one of those things. Let's play baseball instead of, you know, just, you know, slam ball. I mean, I, you know, we all love it, but let's go out there and injuries, you know, play hard, but also these days, you know, give some guys some days off or whatnot and starting pitching, you know, early on, let's just say guys goes five innings. He's doing great. And then the um, sixth inning, he's getting hit a little bit. Well, let's pull him out oh, only after 70 pitches. Therefore leave his pitches. I always think with starters, it's not about the innings. It's about how many pitches you throw. And last year we got into a rut where our stars were throwing hundred pitches and like four or five innings. Let's decrease that. Let's stop walking guys. And let's, you know, some of our starters, if they go five innings and only pitch 75 innings, 80, I mean, 80, 80 pitches, 75 pitches, pull them, you know, especially if your bullpen is well-rested, use the bullpen. You'll save that starter for next outing. And when we need him to throw 110 pitches, then, and to save our bullpen, then we can do that. So it's just, um, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah I do. do. I'm, just, I'm just throwing things out there and I just got to. No, it's good. My biggest thing with the Padres is pitching. And then also when we have some injury, let's play small ball. Let's change the vibe. Everybody's going to look for us to hit home runs. And then all of a sudden we just start hitting the ball the other way. We start bunting a little bit here and there. Then everybody's going to freak out. Then we, they, the infield start coming in. We start hitting the ball. We hit play San Diego again. So, you know, keep the de defense and the opposing teams on their toes. And um, let's just not get into rut. That's what I feel like. Yeah, no, because the Padres of last year, they weren't really that that thumping offense. I mean, they were uh, they were a momentum-based offense. They they were able to string together five, six hits in a row, and then they'll go, what, you, know, you remember how many scoring droughts we had, guys, in terms yeah. of innings? I mean, we went yeah. two, three straight games without scoring runs. So so I don't think there's this expectation that the Padres are, are going to be a slugging team. I think that's something that the Padres haven't had in, in their last few years. They haven't been able to slug at a high level. So I think getting Tatis, getting Soto, hopefully getting going again. They're going to be able to have a lot of sluggers this year. But as Heath said, if it's not working out and guys go down, this team already has the identity and the makeup of they know how to be kind of a, a, a smaller ball kind of team, bunting guys on, sacrificing, grounding. So it's like I, I still think the identity is there. That's how they were so successful last year. But I love your point about pitching, and it's like, Listen, if 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 it's like a you know if it's a, a Tuesday night against the Diamondbacks and the Potters are up seven to I can't joke about the Diamondbacks anymore now they're good let's let's joke about the Rockies yeah, yeah, let's let, 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 let's say it's who, like seven who kind of had our number last year though the Rockies I know did. I know no one no one's an easy out in baseball but let's say it's like seven zero and it's and it's the fifth inning and Darvish is throwing 65, 70 pitches through five Heath is right maybe you shut him down then maybe you preserve him maybe you don't have him go out for that sixth and that seventh like you usually can and save him for that Saturday night against the Dodgers right maybe think about those things in April so you can 
have him in November and you don't have to rely on guys that hopefully is good, but like Seth Lugo to win you a game four, right? Something like that. So food yeah. for thought. Yeah. Well, it's a marathon season. So like June and July is the days that you really have to think about it. Like the old school way of managing was it wasn't about innings. It was about pitches. He might throw, he might be in his fifth, sixth inning and his pitches are starting to elevate a little bit. His breaking ball is not breaking, but he's getting people out. Well, pull them. You know, it's okay. I mean, a lot of guys are always like, well, I got to throw 90 to hundred pitches. No, you don't, you know, over the course of the year, you know, if you save yourself, you know, you only pitch 70, 70 pitches and then 80 pitches and 70 pitches. And then one day you just don't have it. And you're, you just get through five, but you know, it's like, you know, four to four or something. Hey, yank them, save those, save that arm, save those bullets. You know, it's not about innings. It's about pitches for starters and, you know, relievers, it's about innings and games and stuff like that. But for starters, it's about pitches. And just, I, you know, let's just manage during the summer, the dog days. Let's give some guys rest so we're a little bit more, you know, we have more steam towards the end of the season. That's all. Yeah, and I think a lot of it's also going to come down to the to the context of the game as well. Like, are they high leverage situations? You know, like you mentioned, Borno, if we're up 7 nothing, and the pitches are getting up there, like, pull them. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's not a big deal. I mean, if, if this game gets away from us, then we've got bigger, bigger problems than just the starting pitcher. You know what I mean? So I think depending on the context of the game, if there's guys that are getting up there, you know, save them for the next game, save them for, for their next outings. I mean, we want this team to be as healthy as possible. We really want to manage them so they can go deep into November, not into, you know, late September. If you, if you guys want to stay healthy as a pitcher, three or less pitches. That's, that's the momentum that Greg Maddox had and some great starters had really a great pitchers. Don't listen to, to the shoe Darvish. Out, three or less pitches. Uh, no, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, listen guys. I mean, that's, that's really it for me. I, I would say don't be surprised if nothing much happens, maybe Cueto news, but I try and tell people, remember AJ Preller didn't trade for Shamanaya and Taylor Rogers until a few days before opening day last year. Yeah. So there's like, there's like an, that was, that was Kimbrell, one right before. Yeah. There, there's an internal alarm clock that us fans give ourselves in this team, but there, there isn't really one. And I think the days and weeks that go by the value and of these guys go down and down. And I think that's when Preller likes to kind of time his, his actions and motives. So wouldn't you definitely. guys say I, they're definitely going to make a few more moves. They're definitely going to bring another pitch on. I, yeah. I don't doubt about it. It's just a matter of when, not if. I think it's inevitable. I, I look, we've been spoiled this off season to see things move really quickly, opposed to last off season when we had a lockout. But you know, I, I think that AJ Preller is very methodical with how he does things. So we'll definitely see some moves or a move or two before it's all said and done. Is it going to be or all the Chapman? I sure hope not. Honestly, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that uh, yeah. that report that the Dodgers and the Padres are offering. Look, my thing, just Padres talk mm -hmm. aside. The Dodgers are willing to cut Trevor Bauer. Why would they go out and sign a Raldis Chapman who's accused no of doing sense. something very similar? If you're out on domestic violence and domestic abuse, then like put your foot down. You should get rid of Luis Urias as well. Or sorry, Julio Urias as well. I mean, it's it's just it's very hypocritical. Uh, I'm not saying that Trevor Bauer needs to be playing or not. It's fine that his money is on the hook for the Dodgers, honestly, $22 million that they're going to owe him regardless. Um, but, you know, for us, the Padres, like, I want to go out and get guys with good character, guys that are committed to ball clubs, you know, that are focused only on pitching. You know, I don't want any outside distractions. Um, so going out and getting a veteran guy like Cueto would be great. Going out and getting a Michael Walker would be great. You know, someone who, who's got veteran experience that can help you win ball games and that can help you in the clubhouse. Yeah, Cueto and Waka, I think, would be good guys. But also, AJ, 
don't forget about the guys that are not on the roster in our farm system. Yeah. There's going to be somebody that's going to step up. I just have a feeling this year, somebody's going to step up. That's not on the roster. Don't be afraid if they're dominating to drop somebody from the roster. That's not doing well and bring that guy up. Hope it's Jake Groom. Be the Padres of the year this year. I really hope it's Jake Groom. You know, that's, that's a guy that we got over from Boston and he was very highly touted when he was coming he was. out of college. And I think, uh, you know, he's got some stuff. He, he faced some injuries, but you know, who hasn't, you know what I mean? Adrian S or, uh, um, Anderson Espinosa, another guy that was Padres number one prospect for a long time. He definitely, you know, had some ups and downs with two Tommy Johns and, you know, he's, he found himself back on the Padres roster. So maybe it's time for him. He's still super young. That's a good point though. It's like, not just about hoping we get a guy who can come from the minor leagues, but can you put your ego aside if you're AJ Preller and admit, hey, maybe one of these signings didn't work out. This guy is contributing more. Sometimes you have to cut the bait. And I think sometimes as an executive, that's where it's tough putting your ego aside saying, you know what? I messed up here, right? So I think we'll, we'll learn a lot and, and find out a lot, gentlemen. And it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Spring training reporting in five, six weeks, and we're, we're back at it again, man. It's going to be a marathon of a year. We're it felt excited. like yesterday. I was we'll crying to- about Philadelphia. Now we're, we'll- we're already back at it. We'll have to all get together in Arizona. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to fantasy camp in about a week for the Padres. So I'm just, I feel like spring training is right around the corner. So, wow. Yeah. If you're listening to this, make sure, make sure you go say what up to Heath. He'll be out there sporting his, uh, his Padres pinstripes. Yeah. I'll be throwing a lot of batting practice. I will tell you that. (laughs) Heath is a, Heath is a fine batting practice thrower. What are you still throwing? Heath, what are, what are you still throwing if you're maxing out on your four-seamer? Um, actually, I played in the men's league last summer, and um, I got it up to 92 a couple times. Oh. And I would say, on average, I'm probably 85. So okay. I didn't even know that. It was some. This, apparently, the other team had a gun, and I was throwing the upper 80s, and I hit 92, they said, four or five times wow. um, in the playoffs. I was not expecting still that. Still got it. I was not expecting that when I heard that. I was like, really? <laughs> so anyway. Anyway, I can still get the, it's not about how hard you throw. It's really about movement. I mean, if I just get the sure. ball to move like a half an inch, these guys just roll over all the time. But then again, you know, it's like a 40 and over league. So um, a ground ball could be easily base hit. So it's not like I can get ground balls all the day and um, not get anybody out. I actually threw a no hitter last year and lost one, nothing. Cause we made five errors and one in. Yeah, but you also you also have guys in the over forty league that don't want to run out those ground balls as well. They're like, eh. Yeah, I mean, I do. I'm a starter in this league, and I do average fifteen strikeouts per nine. (laughs) So, I guess we'll leave it with that, guys. Uh, (laughs) Hey, maybe we'll sign Heath Bell to be our 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 fifth star in the rotation. You still got the juice in you. I can throw some knuckleballs out there. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll take that, guys. Again, make sure you go check out their show. Ring the bell on the Believe In Network. This is the Hogwatch. Subscribe to the channel, everybody. We'll see a lot more of Nick and Heath on the channel, especially as we gear up for the 2023 campaign. Maybe some cool stuff for spring training. For Heath Bell, Nick Crowder, I'm born as I, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.